Welcome to the Endometriosis Nutritionist Podcast. My name is Anna Marika Gerritsen, but call me AMG, and I'm a qualified nutritionist and I specialize in endometriosis. In this podcast, you will learn how what you eat and drink affects your endometriosis and how you can use your diet to take control over your symptoms. If you have endometriosis, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and make sure you download my free report, Five Things You Eat and Drink That Make Your Endometriosis Symptoms Worse. The link is in the show notes. Let's start this episode. Hey there, um, really good to have you here again. Um, so today I thought I'd talk about, well, I'm going to talk about why it can be so difficult to get a diagnosis of endometriosis and why it can take so terribly long. Not because I want to make it okay, because I don't think it is okay. And and I'm going to share mostly my opinions. Um, I don't really know from a medical point of view, from a specialist point of view for why it takes so long to get a diagnosis but knowing what i know about endometriosis i i have some thoughts about what that might be what might be behind it but also more broadly um when it you know getting a diagnosis also has something to do with how the medical professions see women and their um and 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 their health um symptoms so uh, a, a full episode, mostly on opinion, my opinion, and but I do hope that at least um, it, it creates a bit of, if not acceptance, um, but a slight understanding of why it is actually really difficult to diagnose endometriosis, because it is a, it is such a complex disease. And one of the things that I will be talking about is the ridiculously wide range of symptoms and combination of symptoms that women present with as part of their endometriosis. And in fact, what I'm going to do is go, I've created a handout with uh, 28 symptoms that have been recognized as symptoms of endometriosis. And I've uh, put them in a, a handout and you can uh, download them from the show notes um, so that, what well, one, you can take that. If, if you haven't been diagnosed yet, you can actually take that to your GP uh, or, or any of your doctors and you can sort of go listen and highlight all the symptoms you have. It may be endometriosis. Uh, please let, get me further in the process. But also for you to start to feel better oh, better is, a, is not a, the right word maybe but realize that the symptoms that you have are the symptoms that you have um, and um, there are symptoms that are so strange in in some ways and so um, uh, they, they just based on the, the typical way of looking at endometriosis they just don't seem to make sense if if that makes sense. Um, so it is a complex disease. And if and, and the 
traditional medical profession looks at endometriosis as a disease of the reproductive system. So then if there is anything to do with your period, so you have period pain or ovulation pain, or you have long bleeding, heavy bleeding, all those symptoms to do with sort of your reproductive process, um, they can make sense of. And they can go, yeah, um, that is related to endometriosis. So when you don't have a diagnosis and you come with those symptoms, then perhaps there is a endometriosis might be one of the things that pops up as having to be investigated. But if you come with other symptoms like fatigue, uh, constipation, dizzy spells, um, headaches and migraines, nausea, um, uh, urinary tract infections, um, pain when going to the toilet, uh, especially when urinating, breathing difficulties, chest pain. Those are symptoms, anxiety, depression. Those are symptoms that don't, necess- don't directly connect to the reproductive system. And so if those are your main symptoms, then it doesn't really make sense usually for uh, medical professionals to go, oh, that clearly, that is endometriosis. Um, So one of the, the challenges I think that we have with endometriosis is that so the wide range of symptoms that women can have. And as I said, on my handout, there's 28 and I'm sure that there are symptoms that are not on there. Um, I'd, if they, I'd love for you, if you have symptoms that are not on my list, I'd love for you to let me know um, because then I'll update my list of symptoms. But these are the symptoms that I've got here are what is in the research mentioned and also what I have, um, most of them I have seen in my clients. The second, so, and so 28 symptoms, not everybody, not everybody fortunately has all these 28 symptoms. And that brings me to the second challenge that we have is that, so the first challenge for the medical profession and especially GPs and GPs know a little bit about a lot of different diseases. So unless you happen to have a GP who is specialized in women's health, then they may know more about endometriosis. But in general, they don't know much about endometriosis at all. And they will most likely see it as a disease of the reproductive system. So a lot of symptoms that you might come to them with, they they might get you tested for IBS or for uh, Crohn's disease or for celiac disease or all sorts of other um, diseases and don't necessarily go to endometriosis. Because some some women just don't have the typical um, uh, period-related or reproductive system-related symptoms. I have clients who don't have any period pain uh, or don't have uh, any issues with bleeding. They just have lots of other um, symptoms, but not those. Anyway, so the first issue is that... um, it is a complicated disease and um, GPs don't really know all that much about the disease. Um, the second 
challenge that we have with you know recognizing a, a bunch of systems and starting to think oh that must might be endometriosis is that no two women seem to have the same set of symptoms so the same combination of women uh, so, uh, symptoms so some there's some that are very common so bloating is very common in, at least in my practice in my clinic chronic fatigue is very common um, I find that um, emotional symptoms like anxiety or depression uh, or mood swings are very common. Um, endometriomas are fairly common. So those are the cysts that grow on the ovaries. ovaries so that, that's how the body sort of bundles up all the tissue and blood um, that uh, every time you have your period that end up in your pelvic cavity. Um, and then period pain is is fairly common, but interestingly, not nearly as common in my uh, clinic, at least, as chronic fatigue and bloating. Um, so there, there's some infertility um, and often, and you may be able to identify with that, infertility is often the reason that you end up getting diagnosed because if you try to fall pregnant and it's just not happening and you go see a fertility specialist they may then um, do some further research and they may have you may have a laparoscopy and then they may may find that you have endometriosis <clears throat> so but for a lot of women that can take do you know that on average it takes between seven and ten years to get diagnosed and that's an average so if it took you longer hey um you know it, it's it's ridiculously long so that's the second reason this this un, unclear symptom profile if you like there is not a nice symptom profile for endometriosis that we go all right that's it if people if women come in with these and these and these symptoms one two three one two three four five whatever a nice concise list of symptoms then i know it is endometriosis that would be helpful for gps um, because that's what they know for example with celiac disease there are some clear symptoms that they know if people come in with that with those symptoms then we have to go test get them tested for celiac disease so that doesn't really work that way for endometriosis and i think that's the second reason that it is so hard to get diagnosed the third reason, and that's more fundamental, I think, to any disease that is a, a woman's disease. Um, and it's interesting because there was research um, came out about uh, probably a year and a half ago done in the UK by someone. And she discovered that on the whole, um, when uh, women and men come see the GP with the same symptoms, men get referred much more quickly to a specialist um, and women much less so. And that can have all sorts of reasons. Um, we know that men tend to take long to go see a GP, it takes quite a bit. So maybe when a GP sees a man with symptoms goes, well, it's taken him very long to get here, so it must be serious. Um, but for some reason, 
women with symptoms don't get taken seriously. And I think when it comes to women's issues or women's health issues, especially around your period and, and uh, the reproductive side, I think that's even worse. Um, and us women, to be to be very honest, uh, well, that's against my opinion. Um, I don't think we help in that sense, um, especially when it comes to anything related to your period. We seem to take it as that's just what it is. Um, and we even talk to each other like that, right? So if uh, I, I remember that um, having talks with friends about um, if I had a really painful period and just a disclaimer, I never had endometriosis. So I, I, I had some of the symptoms every now and then, but definitely um, not to the extent that I know many of you suffer. But even then with something as simple as that I, every now and then I would have uh, the start of my, the first day of my period would be so painful that I just could not get out of bed and it would make me nauseous and um, trying to talk to that about other women tended to result in these sort of reactions as, well, you know, that's what it's like to be a woman. Um, and we kind of go, okay, so all these symptoms that apparently normal, um, we assume that if we bleed long, that must be normal. If it is a heavy bleed, it must be normal. The fact that I'm bloated all the time or around my period, that must be normal. Um, we assume that that is just part and parcel of being a woman who has periods and who ovulates. And that is something that you just have to cope with until menopause. Whereas it's not normal. Um, none of these symptoms, uh, periods, the period pain to the point that it debilitates you, it affects what you do should, is not normal. Um, bleeds that are longer than like, like real bleeds that are longer than five days are not normal. Um, heavy bleeds where you need to change your tampon or your pad almost every hour or more is not normal. Um, pain in, in when you go, you know, constant urinary tract infection is not normal. So there's all these symptoms that really they're not normal your period um, or any health uh, issues any symptoms whatever they are none of them should be interfering with a normal way of living um, and and you know that it does right you know that your symptoms a lot of you are just so often unable to participate in normal everyday events um, so, um, but we, we talk to each other about, especially around things around periods, that that is that's just the way it is, you know, suck it up, buttercup, um, it, it is part and parcel of being a woman, um, but it's not. And it would be a great step forward if we could start to talk to each other about that differently and start to realize that it should not be that painful or that this you shouldn't have that much discomfort um, and so 
if we can talk about it in that sense and not sort of put each other uh, back in the box, if you like, it's like, come on, get over it, just take a Panadol and you'll be right, then we would probably feel stronger when we go see uh, the medical professionals and we feel more um, entitled to a thorough investigation. So my aim with this episode, and it, it may have sounded a bit like a rant, but I really feel quite strongly about, um, well, one, the, the sooner you can get diagnosed, the, the sooner you know what's going on. So we need to reduce that t- lead time between you starting to see medical help and getting the diagnosis. It needs to be quicker. It needs to be almost, I mean, Ideally, I would love for it to be you have some symptoms, you go see your GP, your GP immediately goes, hmm, let's get you at least te- uh, onto a specialist because maybe it's endometriosis. Off you go. Your specialist goes, let's get you sorted. Let's work it out. And even better if we had a test for it, wouldn't that be absolutely wonderful? Um, that, that's a, a little while off, I think. So. The reason, so I think the three main, is it three main reasons that it takes, it it is so hard to diagnose endometriosis is one, because of the very wide range of symptoms that women can present with. And GPs know so little about so many different diseases. They just don't know enough about endometriosis to be able to interpret those symptoms properly. The second, um, and so uh, leading from that, there is this, um, there is not a nice symptom profile uh, because different women present with different symptoms all the time. And then thirdly, it's because of the, um, the way, oh no, so that was, that was one. So let me, let me structure this nicely. So it's got to do with the range of symptoms and the fact that there's not a symptom profile, which makes it very hard for GPs to, um, to know what's going on from after just 10 minutes of talking to you. The second reason is that women in general tend to, when we go see medical professionals, when we have symptoms, they just don't. Uh, we're just not taken as seriously as men if they had the same symptoms. I always joke that if men had period pain, um, uh, something would have been, (laughs) a medication would have been developed, I'm sure. Um, And the third one um, is, I've lost my train of thought. (laughs) That's what you get when you go on a bit of a rant. Oh dear, there was a third reason. I'm sure it will come back to me and maybe you have been able, while listening to it, you will have been able to come up with it. Um, ah, I've lost my train of thought here. That's okay. Oh, ah, here we go. Um, The way we talk to each other as women, um, that was the third reason, is we talk about, if we would stop assuming that it just is what it is, however bad it is, and that you should get over yourself and live with it if we were more support, more accepting of the fact that this is not normal and then we could support each other. So those are my three, what I think are three reasons why it takes so long to get um, 
get the diagnosis. Now, if you're listening to this and you go, I think I have endometriosis, I I haven't got a diagnosis though, I suggest you um, download my uh, list of symptoms and just go through it. Um, You may want to, if you want to go see your um, GP uh, to to get this whole process going, perhaps uh, take that with you, highlight all the symptoms that you've got. Um, And that might be a way to get them to sit up and pay attention. The second thing you can do is if you have any uh, of those symptoms, uh, a couple or quite a few, especially if you also have some digestive um, symptoms like bloating, uh, constipation, um, uh, uh, nausea, um, and perhaps also things like uh, terrible fatigue, you don't need an endometriosis diagnosis to start to do something to start to feel better. Um, there's a lot that has to do with, um, as you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, it has to do with your digestive system and with your immune system. And if you just want to start taking control, you can start to work on healing your gut, um, removing foods that um, make it worse, um, and so there's a lot you can do already. So to help you with that part, if you want to sort of have a, a look at potentially what your diet may, uh, how your diet may contribute to your symptoms, um, I've also added to this the show notes a link to a diet assessment. So it's a free um, it's a tool that I've developed that allows you to um, basically go through what you eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and what you drink. And you you select um, with different foods how much how much of, how often you eat them, and then the tool will tell you to what extent your diet may be contributing to your symptoms. Um, so it's a great place to start. Oh, the, the reason I love what I do, helping women with endometriosis uh, change their diet to take control over their symptoms, is because it is something that you control, right? You don't need anybody else's um, uh, diagnosis. You don't need to get a prescription for medication. You can decide to stop eating something or to start eating something else once you know what that is. Um, and so it is something that you can do straight away and it will make a huge, huge difference. It, it never ceases to amaze me how much of a difference my clients see really, really quickly and especially the, dige- the more digestive related um, symptoms so bloating and constipation, diarrhea, um, but also fatigue. Uh, my, my probably my two top symptoms that see improvement really fast are bloating and fatigue. So if those are yours, definitely do the diet assessment um, and um, and perhaps look into uh, look look at my the, the things I've written. Look at listen to other podcasts about what you can do to um, improve your digestive system. So that will be in the show notes, uh, the list of uh, symptoms, the handout, and a link to the diet assessment. Um, if you have any questions that brought be, has been brought up by this particular episode, 
um, uh, let me know. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, find me on Facebook, uh, The Endometriosis Nutritionist. Find me on Instagram, The Endometriosis Nutritionist. Find me on uh, my website, eatwelllivewell.com.ie or Google The Endometriosis Nutritionist and you will find me there as well. Um, so thank you for listening to this rant. I, if, if nothing else, I hope that you feel a little bit more supported um, and a little bit more sort of going, oh, okay, yep, I'm not. First of all, you're not alone. Um, most women with endometriosis uh, have to go through this very long, frustrating process of getting a diagnosis. And in the meantime, let's all hope that there will be some sort of test soon. Um, ideally, something like a blood test, right, that will look for certain markers or certain indicators that you have endometriosis. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Um, anyway, I, I hope, who knows where 2021 will take us in that sense. Um, I'm hopeful. I know that there's a lot of research into endometriosis going on, so that's a fantastic thing. All right, that's it for me today. Thank you for listening, and I would hope, I will, I will, I'm looking forward to hearing, oh, well, not hearing from you, but being with you again in two weeks' time when I'm going to talk about why you are bloated. <clears throat> As I said, it's one of my key symptoms that I see in my clients, and I'm going to do a deep dive into why bloating is such a big part of endometriosis. Until then, have a wonderful day. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you want to have a look at your current diet and work out if it is contributing to your endometriosis symptoms, I have a self-assessment tool, a diet self-assessment tool for you to complete. It's completely free and uh, the link is in the show notes 